live from WNUR News, I'm Zach McCrary. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FMHD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Tonight on WNUR News, how NU students zip around campus, a preview of the upcoming film Dune, and eating plants that grow in the ground? A small look into local foraging. Those stories and more coming up tonight on WNUR News. Thanks for tuning in to WNUR News. In campus and local tonight, how do you get around campus? Moped, skateboard, bike, or by foot? Reporter Paz Baum learns how students get to class. Northwestern's campus traverses almost a mile of Sheridan Road, not to mention the space on either side of the street. For students who live on one end of campus but have class on the other end, quick and easy transportation is vital. I talked to a few students about the best ways to get around campus to maximize sleep and convenience. We'll start with the most traditional mode of transportation, walking, with Tanji, a first-year Medill student who lives in the southwest area. Why did you decide initially to walk around campus instead of getting a bike, scooter, or another vehicle? I was like, I already assumed I was going to walk when I arrived at school. And then I didn't realize how many people had bikes and scooters and other modes of transportation. So I was like, oh, that's cool, but I'm just still walking right now. How long is your average commute to class? My longest is five minutes. My shortest is two minutes. Uh, you mentioned you were thinking of buying a scooter. What or who inspired this? Uh, the stimulus check. That's really what inspired <laughs> it. Um, um, it seems like it would be a decent way to get around campus. Um, it seems fast, reliable, less effort than a bike, but I don't know how good it is in the winter. So Tunji likes walking around campus, but even he is considering changing his routine up. Next, I talked to Jarvis, a first-year McCormick student who also lives in the southwest area. His vehicle of choice is a skateboard. Um, so what made you want to get a skateboard or over a bike or another mode of transportation? Um, I did not want to waste time walking up at my bike. Um, what do you think about this um, storage for skateboards around campus? Do you keep it in your classrooms, in your dorm? Um, they're, you know, mine's small enough to keep in my dorm, and I could also carry it into the classroom, no, you know, with no issues or anything. So, I, that's, like I said, that's one of the advantages of having a skateboard over a bike. And how long is your average commute to class? It takes no more than 10 minutes, usually. Oh, that's great. Um, what do you yeah, think about, about riding on campus and on Sheridan Road? Um, <laughs> I don't ride on Sheridan Road, or I, at least I try not to, because Sheridan Road isn't really made for skateboards. It's more suitable for bikes, because the bike lane is like really rough. You heard it here. If you want a fast way to get to class but don't want to lug around a bike, skateboards are the way to go. Just stay on Orrington instead of Sheridan. Lastly, I talked to someone about one of the most common vehicles, bikes. Alex is a first-year Medill student who lives on North Campus. So what made you want to want to ride a bike over a skateboard or another mode of transportation around campus? So I cannot skateboard, and unlike a lot of more optimistic kids on campus, I knew I probably would not be able to learn how to. <laughs> so I just am in the area. Originally, I'm from about an hour south of here, and I had a bike already, so it was just easy and simplistic for me to bring that up to campus and use uh, it. How that. long is your average commute to class? 
I bike fast, <laughs> faster than normal, so I can make it from Bob McCullough to MFC and um, McCormick, which is like very north, very south, in about five minutes, I'd say. I um, am aware, however, that that is just based on like the environment right now outside. And like once winter hits, I will not have that same privilege. So I'm just taking advantage of the short biking time now. That's impressive. Are you planning to still bike once it's all icy and snowy outside? You know, I heard about the Northwestern Ventura the other day from some of my friends. So I'm thinking of utilizing that. What do you think about the bike racks around campus? You know, I like them. I've heard a lot of stories of people's tires, et cetera, getting stolen. I have not had that experience, but I've seen a lot of bikes around where I end up um, locking my bike, having those like malfunctions on them. So that's not like the most positive <laughs> um, reinforcement for me to see every day. But um, Overall, I haven't had any issues yet, and um, there's usually spaces available for me, so I do like Before that. letting my interviewees go, I had to ask about one of the most controversial modes of transportation on campus, the mopeds. One of the most common sights and sounds around campus and along Sheridan is the whirring of athletes on their mopeds. You know, love it or hate them, the mopeds are very accessible, and I kind of wish I had one myself. However, I will not admit that anywhere outside of this interview. I think they should be driven as cars, which means they should be on the roads only. I wish I got one. For now, all we know is that there's a nopeds petition on change.org. The petition's goal is to, quote, get Northwestern to ban mopeds until the student-athletes have a winning record. Whatever your transportation mode of choice, I wish you a fast and easy commute along Sheridan. Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya star in the new film Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Andy reporter Maria Camaño saw a preview screening of the film. With a precious resource, a mysterious girl, and a boy desperately trying to find his destiny. Frank Herbert's 1965 sci-fi novel Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, a young man trying to find his destiny while being in the middle of a war between the freemen people of desert planet Arrakis and its invaders, the House of Harkonnen, for a valuable resource, spice. This week, the pages of the novel will be taken to the big screen and brought to audiences by director Denis Villeneuve. The film also includes an ensemble of talented actors with Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Steve Bautista, Jason Momoa, and many more taking on roles for this adaptation of the novel. Originally scheduled for November 20th, 2020, Dune's release has been pushed back a total of three times, leading to it becoming one of the most awaited films of all 2021 and leaving longtime fans of the series anxiously awaiting to see it in theaters. I was invited by Warner Brothers to an advanced screening and interview with the leading actors in the film, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya Coleman. But because I have never read the Dune books, I decided to interview some fans of the series to learn more about the Dune world, what the book is like, and what readers are excited about when it comes to the film. Weinberg third-year Nick Bacasa picked up Dune during quarantine after hearing that the film would be coming out in the future. Before I read it for the first time, one of my friends described it as Game of Thrones meets Star Wars like as a book, um, and I think that's pretty fitting. He explained that one of the aspects of the book that drew him to the series was the immersiveness of the Dune world. You feel like you are immersed in that world a lot more than a lot of other science fiction books that I've read, because I think it just has like the extra 
benefit of being a long book, but this one, it has the um, advantage of that extra, I guess, word length to kind of get a little bit deeper into all that content. So that was really cool. I was able to like imagine all of these worlds and now seeing it on the movie trailer, um, it's pretty in line with what I was thinking it was gonna end up actually looking like, so that's pretty fun. The Casa said that the star-studded cast, as well as Hans Zimmer's role as the film score composer, were what he was most excited about. I'm, I'm really excited about the movie. What I'm probably most excited for is just the cast because I think they were able to get pretty much everyone cast perfectly. I'm not even the biggest fan of Timothy Chalamet, but in my mind now, like whenever I think of Paul Atreides, I think of Timothy Chalamet's face. Um, I think that like Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron Harkonnen is probably these, one of the best casting decisions, just seeing it look like from the trailers and imagining like how he can play that, that character. Like I'm just excited to seeing how all these people um, are kind of just bringing it to life. I have also heard like little snippets about like the score of the film, like how Hans Zimmer, right? He did the score for the movie and like he just creates new instruments to like accompany all of this. And like, I can't imagine a movie of Dune not having some kind of like new sound because it's just its own separate beast. Like no sound that has ever come before could probably define Dune. So it was nice to hear that he was making something new. The film stars Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya Coleman also explained that the cast was one of the many reasons they were drawn to the project. Well, I went to work with Denis Villeneuve first and foremost. You know, uh, I had auditioned for a small part in this movie Prisoners that he had did years before. You know, uh, wasn't you know wasn't in that, but was fortunate enough to be in this, and uh, fell in love with the book. Uh, saw the cast that was being assembled. You know, Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Javier. Bardem, these are like the, some, like I said before, some of our greatest actors working today. So I was deeply attracted to that. And also, you know, to get to work on a movie of this size, but that doesn't lose any dramatic integrity, doesn't lose any, uh, you know, ambition and, you know, how seriously it takes itself, not in a bad way. Um, that's, that's like the creme de la creme. And I, at least for me, that's what I, that was my dream as an actor growing up. It is now you get to be in a movie that Hans Zimmer scores, you know, that, that's the, that's like, that's the best. So sort of everything was attractive about this <laughs> and uh really honestly speaking couldn't point anything out that felt like a you know a natural deterrent during it or before i would agree uh same 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 here i mean i'm a huge fan fan of denny and his work i'm a huge fan of yours you know like i i uh i as well saw the 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 cast was being assembled and i just was like i just want to get in the room <laughs> i just want to get in the room have a shot at it um so i kind of pursued it quite a uh quite aggressively <laughs> um which you probably felt in the audition uh <laughs> but no no i i i um yeah it's a it's a it's an absolute dream this isn't the first time a dune film has been attempted however a film adaptation of the book was released in 1984. coleman explained that despite this past attempt this version of dune brings a new look into the universe herbert created through the eyes of the film's director Villeneuve. I think as far as like attempting to take on something like this, I mean, I mean, you, I couldn't imagine the, the, the weight or what that feels like because this, you know, you have to carry this so much. Um, but I, but I would say I'm definitely not new <laughs> to doing movies that have been done before. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think what's, uh, what's, what's so important is having that right director, that person mm -hmm. who um, connects with the material in a different way. I mean, the fact that Denny, has such a connection to this being that he read it as a, as a, as a young person and was able to grow with it and grow up with it quite literally. And it's been a fan with it for so long. I think 
that is a greater emotional connection to the piece that he's creating. And I don't think there's anyone better for, uh, for the job, so. First year, Lucas Cortez explained that he thinks that the actors in the film and new CGI technology will make this film very different from the 1984 version. They did make a, a Dune movie a long, long time ago that kind of was a flop a little bit. Um, and I think the actors and actresses are really, really good in this movie. Um, in particular, Zendaya and Timothy, of course. And um, yeah, I think they'll do a great job. I also think that because we're in a new age with new technology and movies and film especially, um, a lot of the action and a lot of the, the fantasy aspects of it will be a lot nicer than it was in the past. Cortez is mostly excited about how the film will bring to life the Dune universe for audiences. Um, I'm definitely excited just to see like the CGI and the action. Um, there's so much action in the Dune book and so much different um, like fantasy creatures and things like that. And um, I've always been a big action um, fan. So I also want to see the personal like character development as well, because there's a lot of it in the, in the book and the author does a great job with character development. And I really hope that that translates into the movie as well. Bukesa explained that those who have not read the book should not be discouraged to watch the film. Instead, he thinks it will actually help the audience's understanding of the first part of the book and encourage them to read the series once they walk out of the theater. I think with Dune, people should just go and support it still um, because I a lot of my friends picked up Dune and got to like page 50 and said, I'm done. I can't read any more of it. And I keep trying to convince them like, hey, it, it gets better, like more interesting things keep happening. So I might start using the movie now. Like, hey, if you didn't like the first 50 pages of the book, watch the movie or like just the first part of the movie since it lands off maybe like halfway through the books there's still a lot of content left to get through. Watch the movie and then come back and see what you're missing out on. And then you'll want to read the rest of the book. Like you'll want to get to the end. Um, so then maybe by like Dune part two, whenever that comes out, I don't know, like 2023, 2024, then they'll have read the source material and they're more excited about it. Chalamet says that although the novel was published in 1965, younger audiences who are encountering the story for the first time will be able to relate to the story's themes. That's the dream is that, um, you know, cause we're all the same generation. We didn't grow up with, you know, or at least this book didn't come out when we were growing up. Um, and yet its themes remain really relevant about, you know, you know, fighting for what's right socially, fighting for what's right environmentally, um, uh, uh, standing up for uh, groups that are easily oppressed or that don't have the agency to fight back. Um, and um, I would say as it relates to the movie beyond that, yeah, like it's, it's the movie's about many things. There's, there's many qualities to it, but if people, if young people can relate to what Chani or Paul are going through at the center of it and can also intake, uh, you know, all the themes that are sometimes fly above my head, you know, <laughs> then, then we really succeeded. And I love how you put it. It would mean sort of transposing a story from the sixties and uh, by way of Denise vision, by way of Denise master plan and having it be accessible to a generation, like I said, that relates in many ways to the qualities, qualities of the story, but in other ways, especially the idea that technology, you know, technology doesn't, or kind of technology we does have doesn't exist when they say uh, a machine shall not be made in the likeness of a man's mind. And that way we can relate, but <laughs> in a lot of ways, uh, I think people can. As to where you can find Dune, the film will be released in theaters on October 21st in 2D, 3D, and IMAX. Audiences also have the chance to stream the film on HBO Max on the evening of October 21st. It will be available there for a month. For WNUR News, this has been Maria Camaño.
and Dune comes out in theaters and on streaming platforms on Friday. WNUR News will be back in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Ever wish your car would get better gas mileage now that you've seen what you're paying at the pump? You'd be saving money and your car would be putting out less fuel exhaust that pollutes the air. The folks at Environmental Defense suggest the next time you're in the market for a car, choose one with the highest fuel economy that meets your needs and fits your budget. By doing that, you'll help reduce pollution and our country's dependence on oil. Find out more at getgreen.com. That's getgreen.com. This message is brought to you by our friends at the Ad Council and Environmental Defense. My name is Dale Pazinski, and this is how I live United. I volunteer with United Way, helping the homeless in my community by teaching computer skills and helping them build a basic resume to save on their very own USB drive. It's huge when somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. My webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News at 6. It's 6.19 p.m. Central Time. I'm Zach McCrary. In oddities for tonight, some people get their daily dose of veggies from plants that grow naturally right here on Chicago soil. In an oddities throwback from last spring, here's Helen Bradshaw. Springtime has hit Chicago. As temperatures warm and flowers bloom, something else is growing too, the availability of forageable greens. We went out for a nature walk, we found some chanterelle mushrooms and we cooked them up on the side of the trail with some beef jerky and um, it was really good. And we're like, hey, this is a fun thing we can do. You know, this is like, we, let's go mushroom hunting. And then after a couple of weeks, we're kind of like, so many mushrooms, can't eat any more mushrooms. That's Dave Odd a Chicago-based professional forager who supplies dozens of local restaurants with fresh foraged plants. And according to Odd, foraging, for more than just mushrooms, may be more important than ever. We didn't have grocery stores in their current incarnation until about 1920. Like there wasn't a one-stop shop you could just go to and buy everything you needed. So we're so spoiled with our food system the way it is now because we're just, you know, modern America, you can just go to the store and buy whatever you want. But what the pandemic showed us is that all it takes is a little disruption in that, that chain of supply, whether it's the shipping or a factory somewhere shuts down or a bunch of people at a grocery store get sick and they have no choice but to close. Um, if you learn what is edible around you and what you can use from nature and what, you know, is provided to you all around us, and you never really have to worry about, you know, the crap hitting the fan because you'll always be prepared. But what exactly is edible around us? 
And how do we know it's safe to eat? Right now we have a lot of a lot of like um, herbs and flowers that are available. Um, violets, that's a, a pretty easy plant to identify. Everyone knows what violets are. Um, but the violet flowers are edible and you can make drinks with them and you can eat the flowers themselves. And of course, because they're flowers and they have nectar and pollen in there, they have a lot of vitamins. Probably one that you should learn if you live in the Midwest is the Juneberry, also known as a service berry. And it's a small tree that they plant in a lot of parks and um, you'll find it in like parking lots and they taste like a blueberry had a baby with an apple and a cranberry. So when you get a big mouthful of them, it's like having a smoothie in your mouth. It's really great. Generally speaking, anytime, at least in the Chicagoland area, April through November, you're going to be able to find stuff. There's uh, something I, I teach in my foraging class is called the 90% rule. You know, of course, when you're foraging, especially for mushrooms, the rule is always always be 100% sure of your identity of the, the thing you're eating before you eat it because you don't want to screw up and kill yourself. But I have something called the 90% rule, which is where there are some, there's a few families of plants that if you can narrow it down to that family, like if you can say, this is a brassica, it is in the mustard family, you can be fairly certain it's not going to kill you if you eat it because there's nothing toxic in that family. Um, you know, there's some, there's, you know, you might give yourself a stomach ache, but it's not going to kill you. So with Dave's tips in mind, I set out to forage myself and force the rest of the WNUR team to rate the various edible plants I found on campus. Some reactions were good. Oh, it is surprisingly minty. Okay, I'm a fan. Uh-uh. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of good. I like that one. Others were bad. Oh. <laughs> It's very bitter and like kind of tastes like you would imagine eating grass, but with more of a dirt flavor. <laughs> like not, like grass is a really specific flavor, but I feel like it's probably dirt. And overall, I would not eat this again. But one flower was a fan favorite, the red bud. Whoa, yeah, that's juicy. It is so similar to an apple flavor. Yeah. I feel like this is such a good like thing to know if you're ever like studying on deer, you can just walk over to that tree and you just snack. <laughs> I am literally gonna go and like get more when I leave. The red bud is so good. I'm literally so excited about this. So yes, foraging is a totally viable option in the Chicago area. Just maybe try cooking with the plants from time to time instead of always eating them raw. Just in case you want some other flavors. It's like when you walk up to a random tree and you peel off a leaf and you eat the leaf. It tastes very much like a leaf <laughs> with, the, with the bitterness. That's gross. For WNUR News, I'm Helen Bradshaw. After the break, a midweek weather update. Be back in a few. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. 
Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Every 20 seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.26 p.m. Central Time. I'm Zach McCrary. Taking a look at the weather, current temperature is 69 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Winds reaching 7 miles per hour. A small craft advisory will be in effect beginning 7 a.m. tomorrow until 4 a.m. on Friday. It's looking comfy tonight. Lows are expected to be in the mid-50s. At the 10 o'clock hour, there's a high chance for rain, about 70%, with chances dwindling overnight. Tomorrow will be about 10 degrees colder, with the high expected to be at 57. Lows for tomorrow night looking to be at the 44 degree mark. It's looking like gray skies for tomorrow, but little to no chance for rain. That's all for the WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR.news. Again, that's WNUR.news. Our producer today is Nick Song. Our reporters are Paz Baum, Maria Camaño, and Helen Bradshaw. For all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Zach McCrary. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time on Friday, October 22nd at 6 p.m. Now back to scheduled programming.